Hello, everyone. This is Cassandra. Welcome to another episode on the Luminous Star channel. Mwah. Thank you guys and gals so much for being with me today or tonight. I certainly hope you are doing well. Today's video, as you can see, I'm going to be doing a slide presentation for you on ecoism. Okay, and please check that description box below for further details to today's video. You will also find links to any information or resources that you may want to read later. Okay, so check those in the description box for uh, later. All right, ecoism, the aftermath of narcissist relationships. Okay, so um, I want to go ahead and give a friendly reminder that every weekday, well, not every weekday, every week, <laughs> right? Every week, there are new episodes on the Luminous Star podcast. I would love it if you come by and visit and, uh, you know, listen in. Okay, what is egoism? Egoism lies at the far end of the narcissism spectrum. In the middle, you'll find people with what experts considered healthy levels of narcissism. On the other end, you'll find people who meet the criteria for narcissistic personality disorder. Okay, now on a lot of my videos, um, some of you may have noticed when I said that it is debatable about healthy narcissism. Believe it or not, there's a lot of information out there about healthy narcissism. Please check it out. And I know sometimes it may be a little bit triggering for some people. So of course, don't force yourself to do something that you're not ready to do or you may not want to do at all. Okay, so again, it is debatable. Some people say there's no such thing as healthy narcissism. However, there's a lot of information out there that will contest as to this being otherwise, okay? So it is debatable. Okay, let me do something here. Let me hide this. All right, there we go. Okay. What is ecoism? Ecoism is a coping mechanism often emerging as an outcome of narcissistic parenting. Ecoism reflects as a coping mechanism, as I stated before, right? A tool used to survive when learning that needs and personal goals inconvenience others. The fear of losing validation can lead to focusing on others for love and approval. Okay, so a lot of times there are people who may be in narcissist relationships. They may focus on a narcissist quite a bit. Okay, and it's very easy to become familiar with this type of dynamic. Therefore, a person can easily start to lose themselves or get lost in the sauce when it comes to narcissistic relationships. Okay, and speaking from experience here, I can tell you that a person can sometimes start to experience uh, a, well, I'm going to say an identity crisis. Okay, well before the age of 40, because this may be someone who has a narcissist in their life or they may be having narcissist relationships well before the age of 18. Okay, maybe as an early adult, uh, 20s, 30s, but by the time they're 40, you know, we all hear about the midlife crisis, right? And this can also include their identity. But a person who has a history of having narcissistic abuse or narcissistic relationships, they may be experiencing an identity crisis well before the age of 40 or what they, you know, what they may prefer as a, um, to refer it as a midlife crisis. Okay, so um, it is also very easy for a person to get stuck in the second place of a narcissist relationship. Okay, and so I'm going to um, get into how sometimes narcissist relationships can actually uh, encourage a person to polarize their pain. Okay, so I don't want to jump ahead. So let's go ahead and continue with what is uh, egoism. Egoism, considered to be the opposite of narcissism, involves people losing their sense of self as they constantly try to prop up those with more inflated egos in their life, 
okay, such as a narcissist. Egoists feel that they must give everything. Now, when we look at a narcissist relationship, very often, this is the dynamic, this is the dynamic that we see, right, or experience. And that is the narcissist or those who have a narcissistic personality, they may seem to be the takers in the relationship. Whereas the other person, right, who may be considered as the egoist, they may be giving in the relationship. So what does that mean? That means it's a lopsided or an unequally yoked relationship. So you may have two people there who are trying to ironically connect, but it's not in such a great way. Okay, it's not very healthy. So egoism is considered to be the opposite side of narcissism. Now, this does not mean egoists are narcissists or have a narcissistic personality. So, um, you know, let's not misconstrue that. So what this means is it's you have the egoist and the person who has a narcissistic personality on the opposite side of the same spectrum. What is the spectrum? The spectrum is the uh, narcissistic relationship. It's the narcissist relationship. The spectrum is also or could be seen as a dysfunctional relationship, whereas there's a narcissist or a person who has a narcissistic personality that is involved. Some people who have narcissistic traits that are maligning, that means that they have behavioral patterns that can actually cause a lot of damage, not only to themselves, but others. Okay, let's move on. <clears throat> okay, experts don't consider egoism a mental health condition or personality disorder, unlike NPD or narcissistic personality disorder. However, egoism can have a profound impact on mental health, okay, emotional well-being, and the ability to build and maintain healthy relationships. So, okay, by being in a narcissist relationship, the other thing that could be encouraged on an unconscious level is to not only polarize pain, but to romanticize suffering. Okay, so I don't want to lose you guys when I say this. It doesn't mean that this is this is somebody who is uh, who loves to suffer, who loves pain. No, not necessarily. However, being in a narcissist relationship can actually influence a person to glorify not only the superficial, but suffering and pain. They can glorify it. They can, they, they're a person who may end up stuck in the sunken place of a narcissist relationship. So, if, so let's just say someone on the outside looking in, right? They may look at two people who are involved romantically. And we can also include a family. Okay, so the first group that we are all introduced to is a family. So let's just say it could be a friendship or even a business partnership. Someone on the outside looking in, it may look like a particular person who is not using their voice tend to be a glutton for punishment. Okay, they may appear to be a person who glorifies pain to the point where it looks like they actually like pain, but that is not what's going on. So this is a person, the egoist could be a person who may have an inability or they're losing the ability to express themselves. They're losing the ability to be vocal or to use their voice. So they may come off as a person in a group or in a romantic situation or even in a friendship or a business partnership as a person who is uh, invisible. Okay, a person who fades off in the background very easily, a person who um, may be suffering or experiencing an identity crisis, and at the same time, they're not vocal. So it's very easy for this person to disappear in their relationships. They become a person who is accustomed to disappearing in all of their relationships. 
because we are familiar with uh, how we tend to do relationships. If you scale back and look at, just for example, if you scale back and look at how you tend to do relationships, it tends to be from one relationship to the next. When we are so accustomed to playing a particular role, it can be a dysfunctional role. We tend to do this from one relationship to the next. If, for instance, you have a, um, uh, a friend, right? And you tend to be the person who is not very vocal in the relationship, or you have a hard time expressing yourself and you may not be very vocal about what you need and what you want, but yet the person that you are involved or who is your friend, right? They, they tend to not have that issue at all. And let's just move this to your, your, your career. You may be at work and you will more than likely unconsciously tend to take on the role as a person who is not very vocal. Therefore, the promotion that you may be working very hard to achieve may go to someone else who may not have an issue with being vocal. And they may not be the nicest person in the world either. But this is just an example of someone who may be an equist in a narcissist relationship and who has become accustomed to fading off in the background because they have an identity crisis and they're not able to, or they're losing the ability or they're not very good at using their voice. Okay, so um, egoism can have a profound impact on mental health, emotional well-being, and the ability to build and maintain healthy relationships. Because again, this may be the egoist may be a person who has become so accustomed to fading in the background and not being very present in their relationships. Doesn't mean that they're a narcissist, doesn't mean that they're a bad person. To me, this says that uh, this is a person who may have a difficult time expressing and making the connection happen, even though this is really what they want at the end of the day. I think at the end of the day, most of us, we want the connection with other people. We are social that way, right? We want, we want the connection at the end of the day, but sometimes it could be a little difficult, especially if a person has had the experience of having narcissist relationships. Okay, let's move forward. Example of uh, equism. People with narcissistic personality disorder or NPD are exploitative or exploitive, or they tend to exploit. They tend to be entitled and lack empathy, okay? Uh, they're so addicted to feeling special that they will lie, steal, cheat, whatever it takes to get their needs met, no matter the cost to others. Now, um, if you wanna read this article a little bit further, the description, um, pardon me, in the description box below, you will find that link. All right, let's move forward. Another example of egoism as a result, or continuing the example of egoism, as a result, emotionally sensitive, empathetic, uh, or empathic people can become egoist if they are exploited by narcissists in childhood. Egoists have a fear of being needy, special, or selfish. Okay, so again, this is the, I hope you all can begin to see how this is the opposite side of the same spectrum of a narcissist relationship. Egoists, they have a fear of being needy, special, or selfish, unlike a narcissist. The narcissist actually seems to be the opposite. They have no problem expressing what they want, even though it may be dysfunctional. The way they express themselves, a narcissist, right, tends to be dysfunctional in that way. They often uh, have impairments, believe it or not, when it comes to interpersonal skills, okay? Narcissists tend to have that uh, impairment or they show imbalance. They tend to be bullies, okay? So uh, unlike the egoist, the narcissist doesn't have a problem with saying, hey, this is what I want. This is who I am. Deal with it, right? They tend to not care about how their energy affects other people. Now, egoist is the opposite. They fear imposing people. 
or uh, coming off too needy, special or selfish. So they tend to be quiet. They tend to keep what they need and they want inside. They're not very vocal about it. They tend not to express themselves very well. They may have a poor self-image. They may not um, embrace uh, separateness. Separateness means that you are you and I am me and we're cool with that. Nobody tends to bleed over or, or overlap the other, right? But equalists, they tend to have a problem um, with that because they fear being needy, special, or selfish. So once again, we can start to see here how a person can end up experiencing an identity crisis within a narcissist relationship. And this also tends to uh, look like codependency because what is codependency? Wanting to fix, save, or rescue someone else at the expense of the self or sacrificing the self. Okay, so this is just an um, example of egoism. All right, let's move on. All right, levels of egoism. Fear praise. Actively reject uh, attention. Makes every effort to avoid burdening others. Focus on meeting the needs of others to avoid considering their own. Believe going along with what others want will help safeguard their affection. Have difficulty creating boundaries or asserting needs. Believe expressing opinions or needs may lead to a loss of love. This sounds a lot like codependency, which means that a person tends to sacrifice themselves. Okay, because this is how they think they may uh, be able to obtain love. Now, see, this to a narcissist is perfect, the perfect relationship. Say the narcissist gets to come into the relationship and be in the center of that relationship. But not only that, possibly in the center of the person who has who may be um, experiencing egoism or be a, considered as an egoist, the center of their mind. Because once you get a person in their mind, you can pretty much get everything else from them. And a narcissist, this is heaven to him or her. This is great because they get to be <laughs> the bigger person or appear to be the bigger person in the relationship because they're right in the center of the relationship. They're dominating the relationship. Narcissistic personality, often will seek to dominate their relationships. So if they're involved with a person who may be considered as an egoist, right? And I don't mean to make that sound so bad, but um, just to make my point here, this is this is a relationship for a narcissistic personality that is just heaven sent because they get, because the other person who is considered as an egoist, they are more than seemingly happy to give and give and give in order to what? Obtain validation, respect, or even love from the narcissist. But when you really scale back and look at it, the narcissist is not capable of sharing in such a way. They don't care about it. They want to be seen. They want to be admired. They have a, it's almost an addiction. Okay, I'm gonna try to be careful about this. But narcissists have a real strong need and urge, right? I'm gonna say, seem to have a strong need to be admired by others. So picture them having an energy body. Everybody has an energy body. So the narcissist is in the center of that relationship, right where they want to be. They're in the center of the other person's mind, right where they want to be. Make no mistake, narcissistic personality often will choose to be in the center of a person's mind, not their heart. They tend to not care about the matters of the heart because, well, I won't get into that. But <laughs> narcissistic personality, they're right in the center of the relationship. They have an energy body. And so the other person who is an egoist, right, they have an energy body as well. But they tend to give and share their energy a lot more than the narcissist does. So picture a glass of water with a straw in it. The narcissist is the one drinking out of that glass, right? They're using the straw to drink out of the glass. What happens to the glass of water 
the water reduces, the glass becomes empty. So the egoist represents the glass of water. Okay, so the narcissist will continue to, to drink from that glass of water until the glass is empty. And then the narcissist moves on to another glass of water with no problem. Okay, and the reason why it's not a problem because the narcissist is getting what they want, and that is to be praised, to be admired, to be worshipped, to be in the center of a person's mind, okay, and the relationship. So what happens to the person who is egoist? Right, they start to feel the effects of not getting their needs met, yet they have a hard time expressing what they need and what they want. They're not as vocal as, say, the narcissist. Now, I'm not uh, implying that either person is wrong or right. I'm just pointing out how egoism plays out in a narcissist relationship. Let's move on. Okay, continuing the levels of egoism. Take on a lot of self-blame and criticize themselves regularly. Have trouble recognizing likes and dislikes. Okay, avoid coming across as attention-seeking or selfish at all costs. Ask very little of other. Uh, pardon me. Ask very little of others. Have a self. Um, have high empathy. Unlike the narcissist, I want to point something out. Egoists seem to have a high level. Okay, or have high empathy, or they are very emp uh, empathetic or empathic. I'll put it like that. Empathic. There you go. Okay, so. This is unlike a narcissist or those who have narcissistic personality. Narcissistic personality, once again, they tend to lack empathy. So where does that leave the other person in the relationship? Especially when they may need support. They may want the validation. Well, that's going to leave them empty-handed. The narcissist doesn't care about providing or sharing or giving. They're there to take. It's almost like they are um, the narcissistic personality... Uh, functions like a generator. They plug in and they extract, right? Just like the glass of water I was just mentioning. This is how the narcissist functions from each relationship. Every relationship that the narcissist has, see, to function in this way is natural to him or her. Doesn't seem to bother them. This is why they can go from one supply to the other, from one source supply to the next, to the next, to the next. And... It is not unheard of that a person with a narcissistic personality tends to live out their lives in this way. When it comes to their relationships, they're the ones standing right in the middle of their relationships and they're plugging into everyone else's energy body and they are extracting what they need. Now, they cannot take away anybody's energy body. I want to make that very clear. Narcissistic personality tends to function whereas they plug in to other energy bodies and they extract what they want, what they need. And this makes them bigger and better at doing so. From one relationship to the next, they get bigger and bigger and bigger, and they become more accustomed to this type of interchange with other people. See, other people who have energy bodies as well, they may care about, because they have empathy, they may care about how their energy body affects others. Those who have a narcissistic personality do not care about such things. They're there to take whatever it takes to feed them so they can become big and strong and move on. That is what they're focused on. Narcissistic personality often asks the question, what can I afford? What can I not afford? Narcissistic personality often cannot afford to not be in control. And that means other people or of other people. Narcissists often can afford to be in the center, taking control of all of their relationships. Hope that makes sense. So a person who is an egoist, see, they are the opposite. They're on the opposite side of that same spectrum. The spectrum is a narcissist relationship. 
or a dysfunctional relationship. Okay, let's move on. All right. How narcissism and egoism play out in relationships. And I kind of touched on that a little bit, but let me go ahead and, and just uh, elaborate. People, since people who tend more towards narcissism have a strong need for admiration and recognition, they can often end up in relationships with people with egoism. Okay, because just like I mentioned before, see, narcissists, they, they have a sixth sense about such things. They know who in the room that they're probably going to get a lot of source supply from versus those who may have personal boundaries that they respect and also practice. This offers the ego in the relationship a way to provide this attention without being put in the spotlight for themselves. See, an egoist, right, they're not very comfortable with being in the center or being in the spotlight, unlike those who have narcissistic personalities. Some people who have a tendency or some people who have um, uh, narcissistic tendencies, they tend to be maligning. In other words, they cause a lot of damage, not only to themselves, but others. But see, this individual doesn't, te- they, don't, they don't care about that. They tend to be delusional about that. They may even deny that they have caused someone else pain. But an egoist, see, they will often think about this. They do care about how their energy body affects others or how they tend to affect others, their decisions, their, uh, their yeah, their choices, their, uh, the, the way that they do relationships. See, unlike a narcissist, an egoist is a person who does care about these things. Unfortunately, they tend to fade in the background to the point where a lot of people will not even consider their, their thoughts, their feelings, what they want, what they care about, their passions. It is very easy to take advantage and take people like the egoists for granted. This is the unfortunate thing. Okay. Now I say, again, not advocating this type of behavior, the narcissist behavior that is, and actually not even advocating the egoist behavior, right? Because remember, we're looking at the opposite side of the same spectrum. The spectrum is the narcissist relationship and the dynamic and the elements of it. Okay. So I really want to make it clear here. This is not to put anyone down or to uh, judge. Codependency versus egoism. This trait is often confused with codependency, enabling behaviors or a passive personality, but egoism is more complex. People with this trait tend to be skilled at listening. Okay, so um, he or she doesn't necessarily attempt to fix, save, rescue, or take control of someone's actions, such or as seen with codependency. Because I say this very often in my videos, and that is from my personal experience. What one of the things that I learned or one of the things that I came to realize is that in every narcissist relationship, there are subtle signs of codependency. But here I'm pointing out how codependency and egoism are not the same. A person who is an egoist, they will not attempt to fix, save or rescue or try to control someone's actions. But a person who has codependency issues would. Now, I want to go ahead and point out something else to you all. And that is the attempt to fix, save, rescue, or take control of someone else's actions is also seen in a narcissistic personality. They're overly dependent on the narcissist relationship. Just let that sink in for a minute. A person who has a narcissistic personality, very often they are overly dependent on the relationship. Remember when I mentioned that narcissists tend to go from one relationship to the next, wanting to be the center of the relationship, the center of everyone whom they seek source supply from. They want to be the center in the center of their mind, not their hearts. Because once you get a person in their mind, you can pretty much control them or attempt to control them. There's your science of codependency. But within a narcissist relationship, it is very subtle. And this is why. Sometimes that dance of control and change 
is is on and popping all is you know is 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 there all the time. It's going on constantly. Whenever the egoist, for example, the egoist may unconsciously attempt to what change the narcissist. Why? Because the egoist may want peace, balance, harmony. They want the validation. They want the approval. They want the love. On the other side of that, there's your narcissistic personality, or the narcissist. They may unconsciously attempt to control the egoist, right? Or the person, the other person that they're getting source supply from. They may try to control them, and there's your dance of control and change. Sometimes they swap positions. The person who unconsciously tries to control, they may become the person who tries to or attempts to change the other person. So it, it just is very interesting how that happens. Okay, so let's move on now. <clears throat> okay, people with egoism are often far from passive, especially when singled out for attention that rather that they'd rather avoid. They may encourage others to be open. Or to open up and share their struggles. So a person who or who is uh, considered egoist, don't. I mean, you know, really make no mistake. They're not a person who suffers from codependency. There may be little signs of it, but really, these people are not passive. Okay, so they tend to avoid negative attention, unlike the narcissist. Okay, so they may encourage other people to open up and share their struggles. Because see, an egoist or a person who um, experiences egoism in a narcissist relationship, they know all about pain and sorrow in a relationship, right? A dysfunctional relationship with a narcissist. They're experiencing it every day, right? So they're not very passive, especially when they are encouraging others to become a little bit more vocal. Now, something before you start saying that they're, you know, the egoist may be hypocritical. No, they're not. They're not passive. A person who's passive they're not being they're not being vocal at all they don't even realize that they have this issue a person who is an egoist they often realize that they have this issue for instance a person who's an egoist right or they have a the issue with egoism they often want the connection they just have a hard time making the connection happen because they realize that they're not using their voice they may have an identity crisis they may not have a strong sense of self. They may not have a positive self-image. So that sense of separateness goes down the drain. But again, the key thing I really want y'all to look at here when it comes to the egoist is that they want the connection and they're open to learning how to make the connection happen. Unlike the narcissist, a person with a narcissistic personality, they can care less about the connection. They can care less about the intimacy. If anything, they're trying to avoid it. They're trying to avoid those things because that what makes them responsible for how they're showing up in the relationship. This makes them responsible for the choices that they make. This makes the narcissist, just like everyone else in the relationship, responsible for their own feelings, their own emotions, and how they choose to express those and their own choices, their mistakes. See, narcissists often avoid this because they want to avoid the responsibility. See, they want all the energy without the responsibility, unlike the egoists. The egoist, okay, or the person who is uh, experiencing egoism, right? They tend to be on the opposite side. They don't want to overburden anybody, so they tend to be quiet. Unfortunately, it costs it, you know it costs them possibly great relationships that they could have with people, right? So when an egoist is encouraging others to open up and share their struggles, it's because they themselves realize that they have their struggle and they are taking steps already. To turn that around they're open to learning how to connect to other people 
the narcissist doesn't care about how to connect to other people. They don't want the connection anyway. They avoid the connection. Or they could be delusional about wanting the connection. At the end of the day, human beings, we want the connection. Now, the narcissist, they lack empathy. They're already showing that they have that disconnect from self. That part of them that would have been open to connecting to another person. See, a narcissistic personality, they shut that down. They already make the, the secret vow to not love anyone for any reason anymore. That may sound pretty extreme, but when you think about how the narcissistic personality functions, we often see displays of this. They actually seem to not want the connection. They are in denial, perhaps cognitive dissonance. They lie to themselves to the point where they believe their own lies. Okay, I'm not going to get too deep into that, but I just wanted, really wanted to point out how subtle signs of codependency are often found in narcissist uh, relationships. However, when it comes to the egoist, they're not having a lot of struggle with codependency. Tool number one, discontinue to take blame for the actions, choices, and feelings of those who have narcissistic personality as well as others, you know, other people. So when it comes down to taking blame for the actions and the choices and the feelings of narcissistic personality, unfortunately, a lot of us, even if we are not considered egoists, we tend to do this. Just remember, the narcissistic personality often is an emotional uh, bully, and sometimes they, what, they blackmail other people emotionally into doing what they want, to co-signing shenanigans. Whenever a narcissist personality engages in diabolical tactics in order to, what, get the source supply, well, unfortunately, those such as an egoist, they will go along and they will co-sign the shenanigans. Why? Because they don't use their voice, right? And they are so accustomed to not using their voice. They're not expressing what they are experiencing, which is probably a lot of pain in the narcissist relationship. When a person becomes accustomed to that, um, it can be quite challenging for them to change that. Okay, so sometimes, as I mentioned before, see, the narcissist relationship will encourage a person to polarize their own pain and actually polarize the other person's pain too, such as the narcissist. But they want to run in and rescue, perhaps, and save and fix. Sometimes the narcissist relationship will, will encourage a person to glorify the superficial. The narcissist usually glorifies the superficial because they're avoiding the connection. They're avoiding the intimacy. Narcissist relationships can sometimes encourage people to romanticize suffering. Okay, so even if you want to look at the flip side of that, the narcissist may be addicted or they may have a strong um, urge to hurt others. And sometimes, and this is almost unheard of, but sometimes the narcissist may welcome others to hurt them. Okay, uh, as long as there's a lot of pain going on, the pain body is almost constant in a narcissist relationship. It doesn't really get a break. Right. So uh, discontinue to take blame for the actions, choices and feelings of the narcissist and even others, because what is that going to do? That's going to give you that's going to leave you with a very heavy energy. So it will feel like you're carrying the burdens of others. It's almost like you're paying for debts that you never owed and not being uh, appreciated for it. Tool number two. Journal in order to keep track of your achievements and personal accomplishments. Recording your life can help boost confidence in living without unnecessary guilt. Okay, now this is one that I really struggled with years ago. So what I started doing was recording my life. Think about it. Lives are being recorded anyway from the moment you're born until it's time to transition. So by journaling, it helps you to keep track of your personal accomplishments and your achievements and your careers or whatnot, right? So recording that can help boost the confidence because it sets you up and it actually opens you up to trying new things, creating new memories, not just memories of dysfunctional relationships with a narcissist. 
you can create new memories. You can boost your own confidence and uh, lift your self-esteem by recording your own life. You can take a tape recorder and start speaking on it, right? Expressing what you have experienced. Very powerful. I know for me it is. So, uh, you know, don't underestimate the power of journaling. I know some people kind of thumb their nose at it and say, oh, you know, what is it going to, what, what good is it going to do to write something down? But it's very powerful. Okay, next tool. Consider building a support base in order to learn focus tools designed to keep you thriving forward. By accepting that you've outgrown narcissistic relationships prevents unnecessary guilt. Some people struggle with the guilt. I know I used to. But when I started to accept that I was outgrowing narcissist relationships, it automatically removed the guilt. So egoists have a hard time with the guilt because they don't want to overburden people. They have fear of being too much on people, right? Or, or putting too much on people, unlike the narcissist. This is, this is also why the narcissists often end up um, having relationships with those who, uh, who are considered as egoists. Okay, because you have one person who likes to take, the other one likes to give. They're on the opposite side of the same spectrum. They both have this need on the inside and they're trying to make the connection. But when they, when you look at their uh, behavior patterns, the egoist and the narcissist, when you look at their behavior patterns in that dynamic, right, it is impossible for them to connect, especially in a positive way or in a healthy way. So yeah, consider building a support base and navigate it too. You do get to say who's a part of your support base. Just picture an egoist who has a hard time becoming vocal and they don't want to be burdening. You know, they don't want to burden anyone. Just picture them realizing that they are outgrowing these narcissistic relationships and they find their voice and they start to become what? More active. They become more, pro they, they are proactive and taking these steps. So that way, what? Before you know it, they are going to be able to become vocal. They're going to be able to exercise their rights as a human being to connect to other people. They're not going to be walking on eggshells. They're not going to be apologizing for their existence. I don't know about you guys, but that's a powerful thing, right? And again, I'm speaking from experience. So once you start to uh, realize that you are outgrowing the narcissist relationship, that is a huge breakthrough. That's a great way to get started on to being able to connect with other people and having more positive relationships. I know it's hard to have relationships, period. But when you do, at least you want to have relationships with people that you resonate with and who resonate with you. Narcissists tend to go against that from the beginning of the relationship. They're not interested. Their, their objective is not the connection, but it's the control. I'll say that again. With the narcissist, it is often not about the connection. It is about the control. Okay, let's move on. References and resources, okay? <clears throat> Pardon me, references and resources. Please look in the description box below for the references and resources. Um, I think... Y'all going to find a lot of this information very helpful. I certainly hope there was something that I said in this video that is going to encourage you to focus on thriving forward. Okay, so uh, I'm Cassandra, and please check me out on the Luminous Star podcast. There are episodes that come out weekly. And friendly reminder, there are videos that come out weekly on the Luminous Star channel. Until next time, take care of yourself and each other. Mwah.